Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stoltz, and this is a brand new episode. It's episode 282 of the podcast. Uh, Today's show is a training show, so, you know, classic style, workout Wednesday type episode, and I'm talking about staying injury free, probably the most important thing that you can do as a lifter, as someone that is into fitness, and someone who has any type of goals in performance, in how you look, uh, or how you feel, because an injury would derail all of that completely. Today's show goes over five training principles that will keep you injury-free as you go through your training life and journey. I'm recording this in my car today, and there might be a little bit of sound of rain as I'm uh, in Austin, Texas, and it rains way more than I thought it would here in Austin. Uh, so we're getting some rain. There might be that noise in the background, but maybe it will make it like extra relaxing or something for you to listen to my podcast radio voice with the background of the rain. Let's get started with today's show. It's 282 training principles for staying injury free. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz, your host of the Triple F Podcast, sitting here in Austin, Texas, in my car recording this with the rain hitting my windshield. It's very relaxing. Uh, No one really told me that it rains this much in Texas. I always thought Texas was a very dry state, but here I am sitting in the rain. Once again, um, you know, I've kind of been working on this home gym project. If you've listened to a lot of the podcast episode, I've talked about that before about how I've been building a home gym, uh, trying to do a lot of my workouts at the home gym, just out of personal preference, really, and because uh, it actually takes less time than driving somewhere, which is pretty nice. Uh, so, you know, there's that, but I always had this home gym outside, actually, so th- I had it in my backyard, cleared out in a little area where we almost have, like, this little secret garden square of privacy fence that's ours, and it has a separate gate to it. So I cleared out that whole area so you enter the gate and it's this you know, nice outdoor gym out in the Texas heat, very rugged, definitely my style. Uh, however, no one told me it rained this much here in Austin, Texas, and I ended up about maybe a month ago moving all of that equipment inside of our woodshed. So smaller space, uh, but now at least I don't get rained out every single week because that's what was happening as it would rain the ground would be so wet and all the equipment would be wet. It would dry off in about two days, but by the third day it would rain again. So I would just kept going in this net, this nasty circle. But training's been really good for me lately. I've been really enjoying it. Part of that is some extra calories. Part of that is uh, the summer heat, which I actually really like, and really good sleep. All those things really affect training. And when you are someone that's into training, right, no matter what your goal is, you might have performance goals, you want to move certain amounts of weight, or maybe you want to perform well in a given sport, or maybe you have 
something simple, you know, just like a body goal. You want to look a certain way. You want to lose a certain amount of weight. You want to build a certain amount of muscle. You want to look like said person, you know, whatever it is, no matter your goal, you need to train for it most likely. Weight training is, in my opinion, one of the most important things you can do for your quality of life and your longevity. There is that, but, you know, weight training is something that by nature is slightly risky unless you are skilled in the movements you're doing, right? And nothing derails your progress no matter what your goal is out of all the ones I mentioned and more. No matter the goal, nothing derails the pro- the progress you're making like an injury. If you've experienced some type of injury, with which most people probably have, not necessarily from training, right, but from life, you realize how devastating it can be to your progress in various things, right? If, if you break your wrist, it's it puts a limit on so much that you can do, right? Right now, my dog Bentley has a hurt paw. He's kind of limping around a little bit. He has a sore paw. I think he stepped on a thorn or something that I pulled out, but it's really sore for him, right? A little injury. And it, Bentley is the kind of dog that is so active running all over the place, jumping, he climbs trees, not even kidding, he's, you know, 10 feet up a tree every other time I look at him, it seems like, and we have this tall, probably six-ish foot fence in our backyard, and he'll take a running jump, jump, hook his paws over the fence, and then look at the neighbor's yard and watch them mow their lawn and stuff like that, bark at him. That's Bentley in a nutshell, and, uh, you know, a hurt paw puts a huge limit on his normal lifestyle and it's the same for us right just a little injury even if it's something that's just nagging you kind of like Bentley's paw it can really limit what activities you can do the progress you make in your goals and just being able to train and keep up with that habit in general right so it's easier to kind of fall off the wagon if you aren't continuing on with your habit so with your training the question is how do you prevent injuries right as much as you can or how do you at least at the minimum make sure that your training isn't what's causing the injuries i you know as a strength conditioning coach 99% of the injuries maybe even more than that were for athletes were not in the weight room right but once in a while there would be one and that's when a strength coach is at risk of losing his job is if a an athlete gets injured in the weight room in the weight room because the weight room is meant to be something that is an injury pre- preventer, right? Nothing is better for injury prevention than weight training, getting stronger, getting more stable, getting more mobile, getting all those different benefits that come with resistance training. Nothing helps you outside of the gym like the gym. But if you get hurt in the gym, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, right? So that's the point of today's episode is what are the training principles we can implement? to stay injury-free, to live injury-free, and to keep yourself going towards your goals. I have five that I want to go over uh, today, and they're all very simple concepts you can implement immediately. You can look at your training program, examine it, see if your training program has these things in there. Now, I, I want to preface this in saying this is what is optimal for injury prevention. If your goal is elsewhere, if your goal really is performance, strength, even hypertrophy sometimes, you might have to push past the principles that I give for injury prevention, right? This is strictly of how you would train 
to keep yourself in progress with your goals and live pain-free because that's what we all want to do. And I talked about yes, uh, Monday, not yesterday. Talked about Monday, like the things that are cornerstones in your fitness that you should be worrying about and staying injury-free is definitely one of those. So let's get started with the top five uh, training principles that'll keep you injury-free, the things that you need to be implementing in your training today. All right, and number one is implement some kind of RPE scale and try to keep that RPE scale around six to eight, sometimes nine, very rarely. Now, what an RPE is, is a rate of perceived exertion. It's essentially saying, how hard are you going in a given exercise? Or you could think of it uh, the opposite way. So it goes on a scale of one to 10. You could think of it as 10 minus RPE's number. And that means the number of reps you could do without failing, right? So if it's an RPE six, that means you could do four reps without failing because 10 minus six is four. Uh, so you're leaving reps in the tank, essentially. That's the concept that you might have heard before, you might be used to. An RPE is simply a scale that uh, you can implement in your own training to keep track of PRs, to keep track of things other than just weight on the bar. So if you can do a bench press at 225 pounds, uh, you do that bench press, let's say it's RPE nine, right? You could maybe get it one more time, but that would be right at the brink of failure. That's an RPE nine. If in a month you could do that on RPE seven, meaning you probably could do four of them before you failed, you could do, you know, well, three, I guess. So you could do, oh man, excuse me. If it's an RPE seven, you could do three without failing. So you could do two more without failing. You know, that's that's a PR, even if the weight stays the same, even if the reps are, are staying the same as well, the RPE is, is a way to look at things, another aspect, another dimension to your training that will really help you stay injury free because what it does is it regulates, it's self-regulation with your training, right? If you use, you're used to squatting 300 pounds, but one day you go in the gym and 300 pounds normally feels like an RPE seven, today it feels like an RPE nine. If you know that you're supposed to be working with RPEs around six or seven, you can easily drop that weight and it's not a big deal, right? Whereas a lot of people would see that as a failure or not an option at all to drop the weight. You have to you know, keep on beating weights, keep on beating intensities, but really you just need to top your, R your RPE. You need to stay around the same RPE, even if that means different weights. So uh, it's a way of regulating your training and changing the weight up, not being, not being so regimented to percentages and to weights. I really like that and it's a good way to stay injury free because you're regulating yourself on the bad days, making sure you're checking your ego at the door, dropping the weight if you need to. It's a very, very useful tool that I highly recommend you implement. Now do I recommend you completely you know, ditch things like percentages and progressive overload? No, not at all because you need that for your training and to make progress, but you are able to implement RPE and make that so much better. So why wouldn't you? That's training principle number one for staying injury free. Some kind of reps and reserve, RPE, leaving one in the tank, that sort of thing is going to help immensely for you. Number two is similar to the RPE scale, but this is more with the reps I would want you to do. So in your training, 
there's a lot of talk about different rep ranges, right? About what's optimal for hypertrophy, what's optimal for strength. Uh, and the truth really is, this is one of those things I talked about on Monday about the 80% rule. You are splitting hairs if you are worrying about the rep ranges that you are doing. In my opinion, you can gain strength in any rep range. Is it is a 10 rep max going to necessarily increase one rep max strength? Probably a little bit. Maybe not as much as doing sets of one because sets of one is training your central nervous system, right? Are sets of one going to increase your 10 rep max? Maybe a little bit because you're overall a little bit stronger, but your endurance isn't going to be there. So there is a certain aspect of specificity to it, but in my opinion, you can simplify it. And keep in mind that if you are getting better at an exercise, even if it's in a certain rep range, you are in general going to build more muscle, you're going to keep on improving in that exercise, and you've been making a lot of progress. So that being said, there's no reason that you have to be training in the one to five rep range, in my opinion. I would say minimum reps you should do is five on almost all exercises. Some things like deadlifts, I would... I would let you go lower, like one to three reps, one to four. Um, I have done a lot of heavy training and I actually always feel my best when I don't. I feel my best when the rep ranges are staying over five reps in the six to 20 range. And I know that's a huge range, but that's fine, right? You can work anywhere in there that you feel most comfortable or uh, you feel the best effect of the exercise. What I don't want you to do is load yourself so heavy uh, that you can only do th- you know, one to five reps because for most people, you just don't have the form capabilities, you don't have the mobility, you don't have the stability, you don't have the strength in every part of your body, not just the muscle, to handle weight that heavy. And a lot of times it's gonna end up hurting you, it's gonna end up hurting your recovery to do that. So you're way better off sticking with, like I said, at number one, an RPE that's a little bit lower so you can do more and reps a little bit higher. So you're, you know, you're hitting 12 reps, you're hitting eight reps, but you're able to do two to four more reps. That is the sweet spot for training uh, for hypertrophy and for training for injury prevention, making sure you don't get hurt because you're going to be self-regulating, you're going to be adjusting the weight, you're going to be keeping the reps a little bit higher so you're not losing form, letting that break down. Uh, because that really is, number one, the exercises themselves, no matter what they are, aren't inherently dangerous, right? Even something that gets a bad rap, like a behind-the-neck shoulder press, isn't dangerous. It's just dangerous if you don't have the mobility to do it or your form breaks down along the way. So don't don't write off any exercise. Just make sure you have, you have the skills. You can call it a skill. That's okay to do it. That's number two. Number three might be a controversial one, but this is similar to what I just said, is you know, not everybody has the mobility, the form capability, the strength, the stability to train effectively in all rep ranges or for all exercises. And that, because of that, my opinion is that you do not have to do all the compounds that are preached so hard, right? The squat, the deadlift, the bench press, the overhead press get so much love when you don't really need those at all. Are they effective exercises? Absolutely. Are they fun? Definitely for some people because you can see your strength go up really fast. You can see a lot of changes in your body with only a couple movements. Those are the benefits. The risks 
are there as well though, right? If you're doing a multi-joint movement, you need to have the proper mobility, form, stability, and all those different joints. So if you're doing a barbell squat, you better be able to put your, you know, you better have the thoracic mobility to put your hands on the bar behind and squeeze your shoulder blades. You better have the hip mobility to drop low in the hole without your butt curling under. You need to have the ankle mobility to have a proper squat. You need so much mobility and stability uh, to perform that properly. And for a lot of people, unless your goal is a stronger bench deadlift squat and overhead press, it is perfectly okay to include substitutes, which is going to be, if you're thinking about a squat, you don't have to do a barbell squat. You can do a goblet squat, dumbbell squats, pistol squats. Um, you could do even machines like a hack squat or a front squat machine or a leg press even. You could include those, get very similar, if not the same, if not better effects because you're going to stay more healthy, you're going to recover better, and um, you're going to find out pretty soon doing those for a while. You don't really need those big compounds. And for a lot of people, it'd be better if you didn't do them in the first place. So that's number three. You don't need the compounds. Don't feel like you have to do them to make progress. And for a lot of people, you're better off just taking them out altogether. Number four is going to be a short one. Number four is simply to be cautious when increasing weight. If you're using principles of progressive overload, you're wanting to get stronger over time, right? As a driving force for muscle growth, for performance growth, you want to add weight as you go. Hit PRs, right? But don't feel pressure to do that every session. Be cautious with those increases. Make sure your form is really on point. Make sure your RPEs are correct. Make sure you maybe have a rep PR first. You can hit more reps with the given weight before you add weight. Uh, so if you can do six reps with a certain weight on bench press, make you know work up to eight before you increase the weight. And make sure your RPE is correct. So you're doing eight at an RPE seven. You know when you could do six at an RPE seven. So you're you're making sure the RPE is correct. You're making sure that the uh, reps are increased a little bit, then you can add the weight and do it slowly. Don't feel the pressure to hit a certain number. Do not chase numbers. Once again, every time in my life and my training career, I guess, that I have chased any kind of numbers or strength goals like that, I've ended up either having trouble recovering or hurt. And you're way better off taking the slow approach and not risking that because uh, not having an injury is going to be way more beneficial than adding an extra two pounds uh, for, you know, for the month or the week. The last one is kind of cheating because it's not really a training principle, but it is important. I had to throw it in there that you're only training for maybe an hour, a few times a week in the gym, right? And the big thing that matters is your lifestyle and your mobility work outside the gym. Be sure you're doing that. Do not skip it. I am guilty sometimes of skipping the mobility work. It's very important. I notice a huge difference in my training when I do it. Uh, even if it feels like a pain, do it. It will prevent pain, even if it is a pain. And with your lifestyle, try to be more active. Try to do things that are challenging. Try to move a lot more. Try not to sit too much. Uh, change up your position once in a while. If you sit cross-legged, sit with your legs straight. You know, switch your butt cheek you're leaning on when you're sitting a little bit. Stand sometimes. Go take a walk. Just Improve your lifestyle, be a more active human, you're going to notice a lot of benefits um, in, your, in your injury prevention. And a lot of times, things like standing, sitting, and walking can be great uh, 
great methods of screening yourself to know if you have some kind of imbalance or some kind of possible injury coming. So if standing hurts after 10, 20 minutes, you probably have something you have to work on in your mobility sessions before you should be training with really heavy loads in a standing position, right? And you can think about that in every single thing. If you have trouble putting your your hand behind your back, right, internally rotating your shoulder, maybe you shouldn't be bench pressing with a barbell until you figure out that issue, right? So it's really good to screen yourself, improve your lifestyle, increase your mobility, and you'll notice a huge difference in your training and your injury prevention. So this one went a little bit longer today, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, these are things you can implement in your training right away. To review, you want your RPE around six to eight, sometimes a nine. You wanna be over five reps 90% of the time. You don't need your compound movements. You can do other compounds, or you can do isolation work and achieve similar, if not better, benefits. Be cautious when you're increasing the weight. Do it slowly, do it carefully. Don't sacrifice form. Uh, or recovery or RPE for more weight and improve your lifestyle and mobility and you'll see huge dividends in the gym. Those are the five training principles you can implement in your own program and one from me. If you're interested in something like that, reach out to me on Instagram at StoltzFit, S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T on Instagram and I can help you out. We can go over some things and uh, make sure you are training for life and hitting your goals without injuries derailing your progress, right? You, you, you don't want to be like Bentley limping around with his pop in the air. You want to be someone who can hit their goals and be patient with them because they know they're going to stay healthy for a long time and the training is going to improve their life. That's the goal, and that's it for today's show. 282 of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jordan Stoltz. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on On fitness, fitness, food, and and freedom. freedom.